Hey, it's Dr. Judy. Since 1971, Pepperdine Graduate School of Education and Psychology has had one mission, to strengthen professionals for lives of purpose, service, and leadership. And it just happens to be where I work. Online psychology at Pepperdine is the latest evolution of our mission, with online master's programs designed for people who want to align their work to their life's true calling. Pepperdine offers three online programs that feature course topics like trauma in diverse populations, multicultural counseling, social psychology, and so much more. The online master's programs are led by renowned faculty in the field who are passionate about their life's work and their students. Students will learn from faculty like myself who see sharing knowledge and mentoring students as more than work, but a noble pursuit and responsibility. Through an intuitive digital campus, students are connected to everything and everyone that they need access to, wherever they are, on any device. At Pepperdine, purpose is not just something that we preach. It's something we embody. We are a community of more than 130,000 professionals making waves and enriching lives. So what are you waiting for? Pursue your purpose at Online Psychology at Pepperdine. Visit PepperdinePurpose.com slash Supercharged Life to learn more. That's P-E-P-P-E-R-D-I-N-E Purpose.com slash Supercharged Life to learn more. See you there. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another installment of Supercharged Life with me, Dr. Judy. And today I have a very special guest. She is so inspiring and motivational and a new friend. Sarah Pendrick is an empowerment advocate and founder of the Girl Talk Network. And when I first met you, I just loved your story so much. And I feel like so many people, including myself, can learn so much from your experiences and all of the work that you've been doing. So thank you for coming. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This Uh, is going to be fun. Sarah, it's so much fun because I know that you are a huge advocate of girl power, girl friendships, and why they're so important. In fact, we met through another one of our girlfriend connections. And Gina DeVee is also an amazing, empowering, inspiring, all about women being just wonderful, empowered individuals can do whatever they want. And I love that message. So I want to go back all the way to your childhood okay. because I want to know more <laughs> about Sarah as a little girl. So Aww. where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Okay, let's see. I was born in St. Louis and then my family moved to Arizona and then they moved to Nashville. So I'm kind mm. of from all over, which yep. I think is amazing because I have like different pieces of me and learned like everything in the South and then the West and Midwest, all the things. So I was the oldest and had three brothers. So you know how that goes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And just, just an over predominance of testosterone at all times. Yeah. Just <laughs> chaos at all times, yeah. like climbing on the fridge, all the things. Oh, geez. Yeah. And you're, you're actually very athletic. You're a tomboy. Yeah. You're a self-defined tomboy. Mm-hmm. You don't look like it from the outside because you dress more feminine at yeah. times and mm-hmm. you have long hair. And sometimes I think people miss that about you, that you actually have this really big athletic background that you're a tomboy and you enjoy kind of rough and tumble with yeah. boys. And also your personality isn't maybe what people expected you to be. Right. When you were a little girl. So tell me about that, your family's expectations. So I think that kind of the expectations or the judgments that people put on other people that we all, that's kind of something that's followed me around my whole life. Same thing. Like 
long blonde hair. I've had the same hairstyle my whole life. Like you look at my five year old (laughs) pictures, long blonde hair. How short was your hair (laughs) at the shortest? I came out like with With the long hair. A ton of hair. (laughs) Not not this long. That would be amazing. Just a full head of hair. I know, right? I'm like, I'm here with long blonde hair. Yep. (laughs) Um, No, but I had a full head of hair and Mm -hmm. I loved pink. My whole brand is pink. Uh All the things girly, but also. Came out really strong, strong personality, loved sports. I played on the all boys basketball team, like played what? softball my whole life. Yeah. You played so. basketball too? Mm-hmm. I did too. You did? I love basketball. I can see that. You know what? I love sports. I played like six different sports yes. when I was in junior high and high school. So I was on the basketball team. I was in volleyball. I was in track. Yeah. I played tennis. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I kind of did a little bit of everything. And basketball was absolutely my favorite hands-down sport. I was the starting center. Oh my my goodness. Yeah. And I'm not even that tall. I'm 5'7". So the fact that I was starting center, that was all aggressiveness, baby. Yeah. That's why I was starting center because I would just attack people. Wait, so we have a double date coming up. I feel like we should do something sporting wise or like game wise because Josh is really good at hockey, but I beat him like when we do shuffleboard or do anything and it makes me so happy. So I feel like it could be us versus the boys. That would be so fun. (laughs) My husband used to play hockey too, actually. Oh, really? so funny. What a funny connection. to talk about. Yes, we're very excited about that. Um, It's literally happening tomorrow. I'm like, so, so so happy. But yeah, so when you were growing up, you had already kind of defied certain expectations Mm -hmm. of what a little Southern girl might be like, right? right? I mean, did they expect you to kind of be girly all the time, a little bit more demure, let the boys speak. I mean, what what was the yeah, message you were getting? I think that my family was really shocked because we were like such a family of all boys. My grandparents mm-hmm. had sons, they had brothers. So I think they were shocked with that. I just came out and was loud and knew what I wanted from a, from a young age. Like I look back at videos and pictures of myself and I'm just like, wow. You have a lot of opinions. Yeah. Just like (laughs) no shame. Like this is how it is. And Mm -hmm. obviously through my journey, that loud, bright girl got her light dim. And that's a reason why I do what I do now. But mm-hmm. that is how it started off in my life. And I just don't think my family knew what to do with that. Yeah. And and I appreciate you sharing the story because I know that this was the genesis of why you wanted to become an empowerment speaker and then eventually launch Girl Talk. But you were bullied mm-hmm. severely mm-hmm. and not just once or twice. It was for years of your life. So do you think it was you being kind of different maybe from the other girls that made them target you and wanted to maybe like you said, dim your light or put you down, put you in your place? Yeah, you know, it's a constant thing that I think about even now, especially when I go to schools or just experiencing quote unquote like bullying or these women, women, I call it like girl on girl crime that still happens even at our age and older and in mom circles and all the things. I think we talked about this the first time that we met. Um, I think that my opinion of it has changed and evolves and I love to dive deeper into it to figure it out. But I think it's mirrored behavior. Either they're seeing it in their own home. It is the Mm -hmm. comparison and the, you know, the judgment really gets a hold of us as young women. So society can really have an impact on that. And then we women can just go into jealousy and not really know how to act when all of us just want to fit in and belong. Yeah. And I think that is really the crux of it is we all want to belong. Mm -hmm. We all want to be part of a pack and women especially, but all human beings, we all want to belong. And when we don't belong to something bigger, we perish. We don't do as well. We don't thrive. I mean, this is why all of this research is coming out that when people feel lonely, it's like cutting 20 years out of your life. People prematurely die. People have 
higher risk for heart disease, diabetes, all kinds of different chronic health conditions. And yet we still forget that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think as a result of us wanting to belong to something, we sometimes try to push other people out, creating that in-group, out-group dynamic so that you have something to belong to. Exactly. And I wonder if that was sort of how you saw this starting with you. First of all, how old were you when you were first bullied? So my story is interesting because I was actually what I call, I was bullied by my grandmother because she came from an all-boy family. Her mother was very strong. You know, they were just set in their ways and didn't know better. So she, again, didn't know what to do with me. Didn't know this woman, this young girl that has all this personality and is really girly, but also like sports and speaks up in her opinion. And for her, she would never had a loud voice. She didn't speak her opinion. So she didn't know what to do with me years later of therapy and doing the work. Now I'm like, she loved me. She was doing her best. She was scared. She didn't know. She had never seen that before. Right. So that started my first experience with bullying and then throughout elementary school and middle school because I developed sooner than all the other girls. So there was like a lot of body shaming, which at that mm. age is really tough. Right. And at the time- you're already feeling yeah, so insecure you're about like, yourself. You're like, what's going on? Like, yeah, you, you don't know, know who you are at that yeah. time. Yeah. So that, and then I got to high school and became popular because I dated this guy. Oh. And I know. That was my route too. I know. <laughs> I went but, from I went from being bullied to being popular because I dated like some stupid yeah, guy. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> I don't even, I, mean, I wasn't even trying to do it. It yeah, just happened. Me either. It it's just so happened. Weird. But I remember being like, I never became someone to bully other people, but I do remember being like, I never want to be bullied again and I want to stay popular. So I actually like played into whatever role was given to me at the time and Uh didn't even show how smart I was. I played the blonde like Uh bimbo role because I'm like, this is what's going to keep me safe. So it's kind of an interesting Wow. That is an interesting journey because I think once you've been on the other side and Mm -hmm. you've been bullied and you know what it feels to be ostracized, to be isolated, to be picked on when you all of a sudden don't have to do that anymore. It's not even so much about. I want to be popular for popularity's sake. It's more about safety, Mm -hmm. isn't it? It's more about how do I stay safe? Mm -hmm. I don't want that to happen to me again. Exactly. And so you just, you kind of did. So interestingly, you kind of did what society expected of you. Yeah. In high school, right? Like you had those expectations at a young age Mm -hmm. and then you played into those expectations Mm -hmm. again in high school. For survival. For survival. But at the time I didn't know that. And then I think when I hit college, I was like, I'm not being myself, which makes had me be even more lonely and lost than when I was being bullied. When you don't feel like you're being your authentic self or when you suffer all the time from any kind of imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. it really messes with you because you look in the mirror and you don't know who you are. You Mm -hmm. don't like who you see. Yeah. And so you had a whole self-discovery process then Mm -hmm. of, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. So tell me what you did with that. Did you say, okay, this is where I need to make a change or did it take a little while before you could actually make the transformation? I think it's been a journey. I just learned. I didn't, I didn't know at the time. I just knew that I was attracting things into my life that didn't match who I really was. It matched whatever mask that I was wearing just to be safe. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was lost for a while and I studied psychology and I've always been really passionate about, I wanted sisterhood. I grew up with all boys. Like even though I loved sports and all the things, I I craved sisterhood as I think most women do, even if they don't realize it. Mm -hmm. So I just dived into psychology and studying and personal development and then started slowly rediscovering who I was and bringing back that bravery to speak my truth. 
Yeah. And you actually got a master's in psychology. Mm-hmm. So you went pretty far with that education and just, again, trying to understand yourself and, and just untangle all of those different elements both the positive parts of your upbringing and also some of the negative ones. And I think one of your biggest discoveries that I advocate all the time as well is the importance of girl, girl Mm -hmm. friendships. And like you said, sometimes people don't even realize they need it, but they need it. They need it. And when I speak to girls, because there are still a lot of them out there who will say, well, you know, I just don't have a lot of friends who are girls. I just get along better with boys. I'm a tomboy, et cetera, et cetera. I say, yeah, I, I'm a tomboy too, but mm-hmm. I, I really cherish my girl friendships. And I make a real point to nurture those friendships outside of my marriage, outside of having boys there. I think it's important to have girl on girl time. So why do you think girl girl friendships are so crucial? Uh, well, I definitely want to acknowledge you for that, because I do want to say, even when we first met through Gina, I think right away there was a sisterhood and we were both like, how can we support each other? You had your book coming out. I had my event and I walked away with our first meeting. Like, I know this is someone I'm going to be close with and just feeling even more empowered because there's something that's unexplainable when women support each other that we Mm -hmm. walk away as our more empowered self. And it really just has us have be more successful in our relationship. So I know that was a little side note, but I had to say that. I love the side (laughs) note. And I felt the same exact way. I was like, wow, this woman is so successful. She's still taking the time out to get to know me. I know that you don't need any more new friends, but you were like, yeah, let's meet up. Let's yeah. do it. You know, it wasn't this 10 minute meeting either. I mean, yeah. we really did delve in more deeply, actually spent quality time with each other. And I walked away feeling really inspired. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, this is so cool. Right. I so it's just too. that emotional connection that you might have yeah. with another woman who, you know, supports you. Yeah. And we could have easily said like, I'm busy or I'm nervous for, for the women out there that are saying I already have enough friends or mm-hmm. I don't get along with women. They are really missing out by not putting themselves out there. And I was just yeah. talking to a friend of mine from high school who has been bullied as well. And she, feels that way. And she was asking me, she's like, you have so many amazing women friendships now. Like I get really nervous and I just kind of hang out with like all my like husband's friends and we talked more. And I think when you have that mindset and you feel like that, it's because you're trying to keep yourself safe because you've been hurt by other women. Again, it's protection. It's protection. You don't want to go through that again. And I will say that I have a lot of friends right now who are new mothers or mothers with kids in elementary school and whatnot. And There is a lot of girl-on-girl crime among parents. I mean, honestly, I think one of my girlfriends has a little bit of PTSD. Yeah. Because she feels like she's being bullied by other parents. And yet she has to keep her kids in school because that's a stable place for them. The school is actually lovely for educational purposes. Mm -hmm. But every day she's got to walk into that school environment and basically relive those years of bullying yeah. she had when she was younger and now she's being bullied again in her 40s. I know. So mind-blowing to and me. And you have your kids involved. So you are playing by certain things. Like you want your kids to be invited to things yeah, and not you be left out because of you. That is something I, I'm like, I don't have kids yet. Yeah. And so many moms that come to the events will ask me that. Yeah. They're like, you really need to start having kids so you can start speaking up for moms. Yes. I'm like, okay. Yes. That's a whole other. It's a whole other yeah. thing. But even though you were bullied and a lot of that was a girl on girl crime, because it sounds like most of your bullies were girls. Mm-hmm. And so were mine. Yeah. Right? I wasn't bullied for a long period of time. But in junior high, I was bullied by a group of popular girls. And it probably went on for a good semester. Yeah. Like they made my life hell for a semester. And 
It was girls. I wasn't mm-hmm. really bullied by the boys. I mean, I wasn't liked by the boys in junior high <laughs> romantically, <laughs> but I wasn't bullied by them yeah. either, right? So the bullying happens with with girls, with yeah. women. And yet there was a part of you that still didn't want to give up on the girl friendship. So mm-hmm. why is that? I really don't know. It's a part of me that has always wanted to have a sister. So I think it's like, Mm. it's kind of like when you get hurt in love, are you going to just say, I'm never going to be in a relationship again? Like to me, friendships is just as important as love. Like to me, being involved with women and supporting each other is just a part of me that I need to be my best self. So I feel like I just never wanted to give up on that. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of get to a point where I'm sure there was a time where I was, I know there was a time where I had superficial friendships and I was Mm -hmm. going to the same dinners and being like, what am I doing? Like, Uh I can't stand these conversations. Like this is so, yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) why do I keep going back? Cause I want connection, but then I'm not getting fulfilled because I'm not where I'm not being my true self and having dinner with women that I connect with. Yeah. And and I think probably my own first discovery of that was in college also, because I think in high school, you sometimes feel like you have to play the game and uh, I don't like these people, but I got to hang out with them because of protection or because I don't want to be bullied. Or you just don't even know better. Or you don't know. This is life. Yeah. Because how many of us are doing self-development at 15? I mean, probably not a lot of us. (laughs) But then when I went to college, that was the first time I realized, oh, I don't have to ever see these people if I don't want to. Because I went to a huge university. I went to Cal and uh, at Berkeley, I mean, I don't even know how many undergrads, maybe 20,000, I don't know, 15,000. So if I didn't want to see somebody again, I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And so how that was liberating. <laughs> You're like, what? This <laughs> new world. Blowing. <laughs> yeah. So I love that you kind of just put yourself back out there and you say, okay, some people have hurt me in the past, but like your analogy about a relationship is great. Mm-hmm. If you've been hurt by a few bad boyfriends, are you just never going to want to have any kind of romantic love again? That yeah. would be silly. And yeah. so you still put your back, you're, you still put yourself back out there and then you ended up having a lot of rewarding mm-hmm. girl friendships. What do you think makes girl-girl friendships different from, you know, the buddy relationship that you might have with a boy? So, I mean, a woman knows what you're going through. She mm-hmm. is you. She mm-hmm. wants to be seen. She can understand you. Of course, men can understand as well, but there's yeah. just a difference. There's like an unspeakable you know, for years and years, women were raising their families together and tribes yeah. and doing everything together. I just think it's in our genetics. Totally. And when women can really put their walls down and connect from a authentic place, there's so much magic in that. Mm-hmm. And it's really where we get to be our best selves and go for our dreams and step into our purpose. And we have other women lifting us up and being like, I'm here to support you. Like if you can do it, that means I can do it. And there's just so much empowerment and true mm-hmm. being able to make a difference when women really, really do the work and really, really try to give that to other women. Yeah. And you really, truly broke the mold in so many ways because as a young girl, you were not the mold of a quiet, demure, Southern girl. Mm -hmm. And your career also is a career that breaks the mold. There's no real path of your career that somebody could look to and say, Mm -hmm. oh, if I check these things off, then I could have Sarah's career. Your career you built on your own. It was a path that hadn't been traversed by anybody yet. You did it all on your own. So tell me how you went from the master's in psychology to now becoming an entrepreneur, starting the Girl Talk Network. I was recently at your Girl Talk Festival. It was one of the most empowering experiences I've had. And we'll have to talk all about that later. But I want to hear about your ability to build a career that no one has given you 
the recipe too. Yeah. So I wish I could be like, oh, that was my plan all along, <laughs> but it wasn't. I just knew what I was passionate about and I tried different things. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I love helping people. Then that means I should be a psychologist and mm-hmm. all the things. I just, I, I don't want to say I got lucky because I worked really, really hard. Yeah. And then I just figured it out along the way. So now with anyone that's listening or anyone that I talk to, I'm like, think about all the things that you love to do because you can actually create your own platform. You can create Mm -hmm. your own career. It doesn't have to look one way. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that at the time. I just knew that I wanted to be, to help people. I had entrepreneur like in my blood and I just kept discovering things. And now Mm -hmm. it's like my career is changing and evolving every day. I'm just adding new, new things in and knowing that I really can do anything. And so can every single person Mm -hmm. out there. And for every single step that you take, that is a success or even as a mistake, you learn from it. Yeah. And then you rebound and you pick yourself back up if you did make a mistake or felt like you failed in some way and you keep going. And that really, I think is the true spirit of an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people will say, Oh, entrepreneur, that's great. That means that you don't have a boss. And that means that you don't have to work as hard or you can get up at 11. a.m. and go to work. And it's really not like that because you embody the spirit of a true entrepreneur that I think is a true definition, which is you just work. I mean, you pretty much work all the time, Mm -hmm. but you have good work-life balance too. But it's all about putting in the effort. Sometimes people look at what's going on. They say, wow, Sarah, you are so successful. Sometimes maybe people might even think you just achieved instant success, but it wasn't like that. You had lots of different types of ups and downs as you were finding your way. So tell me a little bit about maybe one of the most challenging times you've had in your career building. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's a challenge every day. Yeah. You're like, I just had one. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, I could think of a million. Um, Some days are absolutely amazing. Like walking away from the festival and being like, that was my dream. Like I am on cloud nine. That was amazing. And then two days later, there's all these other things going in. Maybe a project that I was really excited about that I've been working on for a year that didn't come through. Like Mm -hmm. that's just a roller coaster, you know? And so I think the thing that I don't really, I don't believe in like a failure, I didn't Mm -hmm. think this growing up, like I literally was like, oh, that means you fail. And I would not take chances because I watched Mm -hmm. my family not take chances. Mm -hmm. And then I realized like, hey, what is my true self? That girl that came out into the world, like takes chances. And that's really how you learn. So I really just embrace anything. Yes, I have days where I'm like, crying because I don't know what to do. And entrepreneurship is super hard and challenging. Yeah. Um, So it doesn't look, it's not all amazing, but I'm able to do it because I'm doing something that I love and I'm making a difference. So yeah, that's what really gets me through anything. It's really about being really connected to your values, Mm -hmm. why you're doing right. Because when you're not connected to your values, then you think more about the outcome. Yeah. But if you're committed to your values, which is not something that you can check off, it's just all the things that you want to stand for. Then when you have a hardship, you say, but the value of integrity, for example, is important Mm -hmm. to me. So I'm just going to keep pushing. So what are some of your top values? So integrity is actually one of them. Oh, cool. So I think it's great to know your values because then when you come up against things that you might not have a clear path on, you can check it off in terms of like, does this match my values? Integrity is huge for me. So if Mm -hmm. I could have something that could take me from one to 10 in a minute, but it doesn't abide by integrity or I don't feel right about it, I know that I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Integrity, friendship, and making a difference are like just three things that I pretty much do everything based on. Yeah. And I feel like every day you live those values Mm -hmm. in some way. I mean, some days 
you live them out in a big way, like the Girl Talk Festival. Yeah. And other times when you're just working at something and it's a progress, you're still living them out in smaller ways. And I remember one of the conversations that we had as you were ramping up to Girl Talk Festival and we talked about integrity and that oh, you had to yeah. make some decisions based on integrity. Mm-hmm. And like you said, sometimes maybe a project, a person, it looks like they're going to bring you from one to 10. But then when you realize that the integrity is not there, you're going to have to say no to it. And then it's an easy decision when a decision is focused and rooted in your values. So let's talk about Girl Talk Festival. Okay, I want to talk about the genesis of it and how you dreamed it up and, and what it's been like to take it from your dream in your head to seeing the spectacular event that it was because Aww. I was blown away Thank you. at the energy of the event, the people there, the conversations that I had. I got so many DMs. Yay. Into my you were amazing. Sliding into the DMs. So many afterwards <laughs> talking about how great the event was, first of all, but thank you for having me as a speaker. It just made me connect so much more with people that I didn't even know about. Yeah. And that is the beauty of our world of entrepreneurship, especially through social media. Cause you don't have to live next to somebody to know them now. Right. You can be in Florida. They come to this event and now you have a real connection. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about the genesis and how you took it to fruition. So I started Girl Talk as a nonprofit. I don't know if I've told you this before. Um, started as a nonprofit because in my mindset, I was just like, oh, I want to make a difference. So that means having a nonprofit. So I was going <laughs> to different schools every single weekend, doing everything that I could, pouring my own like finances into everything, doing like everything I could to raise money. And then I started to realize like, you know, the more money and the more, the more I do, I'm just going to be able to give back to different causes. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a nonprofit. I could have both. So then I launched this women's event for the first time in Manhattan beach. It was in 2016, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was your very first girl talk. That was my first girl talk festival. And then rather than like knocking on doors, begging people to support us and help women that are getting bullied or self-esteem issues, I took some of the proceeds and was able then to support the nonprofit. So that's what all of our events do. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So I had the first event. It was 300 women um, all coming together, kind of similar to what the Girl Talk Festival was. And then I wrote down in my journal that I wanted to have this massive women empowerment festival all about sisterhood, entrepreneurship and living our dreams. It was going to be in 2020 because 2020 seemed so far away at that time. <laughs> yes. Like, And then when it was time to plan the event, it happened to be like, oh, this is actually 2020 and the festival is really happening. Wow. Yeah. And that's just now what will be every year. And it's just women coming from, there's women from other countries coming mm-hmm. together to truly, truly learn. And I know that women walked away with new business ideas, friendships, like mm-hmm. the answers and a, a massive, like profound sense of confidence in themselves again. Yeah. But also it was interesting because it was all community. Like everyone said, oh, yeah. I didn't really realize how important sisterhood was. Yeah. Yeah. And they realize that with sisterhood, that it makes such a big difference in their life. Yeah. And just having an experience with other women, mm-hmm. some maybe you've known before, some maybe you didn't. Yeah. But really basking, I think, in the glow of that feeling of community instead of competition. Yeah. I know that you've spoken about this before in other interviews as well, but why do you think girls are set up to be competitive with one another? Why is that a thing in our society? So I think that especially with social media. I mean, I didn't completely grow up with social media. I can't Mm -hmm. imagine like just all you know with social media. At least we've experienced some social media without, a life without social media. Thank goodness, yes. I feel like my 
perspective would be so warm I know. if I came out of the womb and there was a yeah. Twitter you already feed. had an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the day you were born. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like baby Judy. Like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. That that's that sounds like a nightmare to me. But of course, that is a real life that yeah. many people are living now within the younger generations. And I do think social media is amazing. My whole I, I'm able to bring women together from all over the world because of it. But yes. I just think that what we get to do as a society and as women as we're raising our next generation or out there doing podcasts, doing shows, doing all the things, is start talking about that there is a competition and there is comparison between women and that's okay and everyone has it but what can we do Mm -hmm. and I think just having the conversation has people realize that it's also normal you're gonna have those thoughts yeah and that's okay but it matters how you talk to yourself after and then how you treat other women because of it but I think it's just something that's naturally in us and it just kind of spirals and gets deeper, you know, through society and just like learning with who's around us. Yeah. And I'm so glad and appreciative of you saying that it's okay Mm -hmm. that that drive to compare and compete is there. Mm -hmm. It's natural. Yeah. It's built into our biology. Yeah. So just accept it. It's okay. Right. It's okay. But it's all about how you talk to yourself after and how you treat other women. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your tips in terms of how we talk to ourselves after? Because I work with a lot of people who will say, well, yesterday my friend got married and I'm still single. And I went home just feeling like crap about myself. I think we can curse here, but I still said crap. I was going to, I was going to ask you that. I think we can, right? (laughs) Yes. So, but you know, that that was using the PG 13 version (laughs) there. Um, You know, they, they went home feeling like crap about themselves and then they ended up doing all kinds of self-sabotaging things like isolating themselves and eating a bunch of things that they didn't want to eat on their healthy diet, et cetera, et cetera. So what do you say to somebody who has that type of a reaction where they just beat themselves up? And then of course it's a negative cycle. It just gets worse and worse in terms of what you do next. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important for people to know that everyone feels like that. Like every single person, every single woman on the planet has that feeling. Yeah. So it's not like it's just like you're all of a sudden going to be immune to comparison or competing. Like it's going to be a part of your life. It's natural. It comes up. Mm -hmm. I also think that you get to have a trusted person that you talk to about it right away Mm. because then you're not sitting there building it up. Like I'm never going to be married. This is never going to happen for me. Like blah, 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 blah. You have someone that you could talk to and confide in because I feel like once you say things, it prevents the negative loop from happening because you say it out loud and you're like, oh, that's really not the truth. Right. Or I'm making this a bigger deal than it is. Because when something's in our head, oh it, man, it's mm-hmm. like an abyss in there. Yeah. Because it just keeps going. It just keeps going. And I think when you said that you wrote in your journal about what Girl Talk Festival is going to look like, I was going to ask you about that, the power of writing something mm-hmm. down. Does it kind of have a similar effect when you're writing and you can actually see it in front yeah, of you? Yeah, I think because, you know, there are, I mean, some people have said, what if I don't have someone that I trust? And then that's mm-hmm. something that you get to work on finding people that you trust and having building those communities that you're your authentic self in. Because if you're not being your authentic self, then of course you don't have anyone that you trust because they don't know the real you. Right. So in those terms, I would say absolutely writing. I think that yeah. writing and just having like a page that you even tear up later just to get it out. Mm-hmm. And then also let yourself know, have that compassion that like, it doesn't even matter like who it is on this planet has those thoughts. 
balance. Right. Doesn't matter how successful you are, how empowered you think you've become, Mm -hmm. how much therapy you've been through. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have those thoughts because we're human. Yeah. Our brains just go there. Yeah. And our brains are geared for self-protection. And sometimes those thoughts are supposed to protect us, but then it's almost like a overprotective or needy mother that goes overboard and tries to hold you back, you know? And so sometimes you have to acknowledge what that is, say thank you to your brain Mm -hmm. and move on. How should we treat other people, women or men, who maybe you find that tinge of jealousy, like, oh, why am I not as far as this person in my life? Why am I not as far as them in my career? How should we treat them? The person that you're feeling that's bringing up those feelings for you? That's a really good question. Um, So I remember when I, probably in high school, and I would experience a lot of people being jealous and it would hurt my feelings so much, but Mm -hmm. then I was also jealous of people. Mm -hmm. So I think in that development phase of my life, I didn't really know. I was just like, oh, maybe I'm not like, I don't like them. I don't really know what's happening. So I really evolved and did the work and just kind of study this and journal of my feelings Mm -hmm. that come up for that. Because what is it that's triggering you and that person? Mm -hmm. And what is it that's triggering you? And you figure out like, what is really the work that you need to do? Like, what is that person doing? Not just like, oh, they got this deal that you wanted to have. But Mm -hmm. if there's a person or a thing is constantly triggering you, there's some beauty and magic in there for you to figure out, like, what is it in yourself that you need to figure out through that trigger? I think that is such a great self-development tip, because if you keep being triggered by the same thing, there's a part of you that maybe is like holding up a mirror to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like there's something that you might not like about yourself Mm -hmm. that that person or situation is showing you. Yeah. And you got to do the work to find out why it is. Yeah. That that is continuing to bother you. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, um, I was a crazy procrastinator, crazy procrastinator because I actually thought it motivated me more. Mm. I was like, "Hmm, I'm going to, do it last minute and oh. then be amazing because yeah, I'll was be like so the drama and they're like, I just did it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then of course, then it doesn't work so well. And yeah. sometimes you really <laughs> just bomb things. But I remember being so mad when other people would procrastinate. Oh, and this was before I did my own work and realized that, Oh, actually I'm, the worst at this, yeah. you know, but I would just get so annoyed when people would procrastinate. And that happened a lot when I was a manager of a project or something like that, where somebody would say, I'm so sorry, can I have an extension? I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and then I was like, why do these people bother me so much? Literally, they asked for a one hour extension. It's mm. not a, it's no sweat off my back, yeah. right? But I realized it was because for myself, I hadn't really confronted the fact that I was a terrible procrastinator and yeah. also not good at time management. But, you know, that was a yucky thing that I had to admit to myself and say, the thing that I kind of hate most about other people is the thing that I kind of hated myself. Yeah. Right? But that like that's that was like your mirror to know, like, this is what I yeah, have yeah. to work on in my life. And now I am like the opposite because I'm yeah, so I'm like, I can't imagine that. you being a procrastinator. Well, I was terrible in my 20s and uh, I've grown up a little bit. But, you know, sometimes that that feeling still creeps in, you know? Yeah. Like, it feels so good just to put this off another <laughs> day. I'm like, no. You're like, don't no. do it. Don't do it. Fight it. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think, I think it's what's really triggering you. Like, why do you have such like a, uh, with this one person, if uh-huh. it keeps coming up or people like that. Yeah. And then also one thing I've been doing lately is if someone is talking and something bothers me that they said, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make a mental note of that. Like, 
why did I not like what they said? Yeah. Is that like you get like I get excited to learn more about myself and grow. Yeah. So I'm like, OK, that's something I want to write down and figure out. Like, yeah. what's my issue with that? What is that really saying about me that I need to work on? That's a great strategy if people can stomach it, because yeah. I know that that's know. hard. But when you have that visceral reaction, right, to something that someone says, actually making it a teaching moment. Mm -hmm. Well, why did I have this visceral reaction? I'm just going to jot it down here and think yeah. about it later. Talk to my therapist, talk to a friend, you know, yeah. whoever you trust to really unpack that. Because I think we do learn so much about why sometimes we get so emotionally reactive in a situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we, we jump too quickly to then react in that moment and say something hurtful mm -hmm. or do something impulsive that later on we regret. Yeah. But if you actually did this opposite action, which is Instead of reacting right now, I'm going to like, make a little no yeah. yeah, interesting. interesting. I love that. I love that attitude of interesting mm -hmm. instead of jumping down the person's throat. Yeah. I think sometimes we do that. When yeah. we get triggered by somebody, when they say something, you want to yeah. just jump. But yeah. maybe not. Maybe the new idea is interesting. Yeah. And you can really commit to not giving your power away. So when you react like that, you're just giving your power away. You're only really hurting yourself. Like yeah. think about how much energy it takes to just get mad and angry and like start an argument or be like, I can't believe you said that. Oh, anger is one of the most exhausting emotions. Mm -hmm. And if you hold a grudge, it only hurts yourself mm -hmm. because the person that you're holding a grudge against doesn't know mm -mm. that you're spending all day and all night with your energy, hating them and their life is just going on <laughs> yeah. as is and you're holding yourself back. Yeah. And I know one of your main messages that you talk about a lot is let's not give our power away. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? And how can we hold on to our power more? So giving your power away for an example of what we just said, like, mm -hmm reacting really quick or if someone does something to you, you can't control other people's actions yeah. or if someone else is in a scarcity triggered moment and they treat you a certain way. And if you just spend all day and your creative energy, your power, that's what I call your power is your energy. So yes. energy is so important. Time is so important. So every time you decide to give your energy to that or your time, like you're really, really just only hurting yourself. Energy and time are the most important resources yeah. we have as human beings mm -hmm. and they're not infinite obviously, mm -hmm. especially our daily energy. And I don't care if you're a night owl or a morning person, as the day goes on and you do more and more things and make more and more decisions, your energy does naturally go down. Mm -hmm. And if you spend a lot of it on frivolous things, things that anger you for no reason and don't move you towards a bigger goal or a purpose, you are just giving your power away. Yeah. You're literally hurting, like you said, no one but yourself. So what do we do when we have those human moments where we just want to react and we want to go down that negative cycle? Because one thing I really want to talk to you about is this idea of gossip. It's so weird because gossip can actually bring people together too, right? You feel yeah. like you're like in a part of an inner circle. Let me gossip about this person. Then you feel closer with the person that you're gossiping about. But your gossip hurts the person you're gossiping about, obviously. Right. And also it's negative energy. So tell me a little bit about your perspective on that and what we can do about it. So I think it is like a superficial way that people, it's just so easy for us to like have something to talk about. It's like a low so, hanging fruit. Yeah, like it's a low hanging fruit. And it's like, of course, it's like a few, there's like a line, like something happens to you. You really want to talk to someone about it. You want to vent, you get to do that. I don't think it's like keep everything inside. Obviously, mm -hmm. I think that you could tell like one or two people that you trust, like, hey, this is the story that I'm telling myself. This is from my perspective. Mm -hmm. I just need to get this out. But when you gossip, it might feel like good at the time, like, oh, I have a friend, but you usually walk away feeling 
low energy. You probably mm. feel like a dark, icky energy. I'm sure that you do. And it's probably going to be like, oh, is that person going to talk about me? Because they just sat and talked about yes. her. So in the end, it might feel like good and like I'm making a friend right away. But it's just you walk away like lower energy and probably not as close because then you're always going to wonder. Yeah. So you're talking a little bit about the difference between a short-term gain mm -hmm. and a long-term benefit, mm -hmm. right? The short-term gain is, oh, you feel kind of close, like you have a friend mm -hmm. and it's kind of fun to gossip and kind of feels exciting. But then you walk away and is that type of friendship really going to be nurtured over time, especially because you're not even sure if you can trust this person. Right. And you walk away from that kind of feeling yucky about yourself if you've actually taken a look, yeah, it's like, ooh, yeah. I literally spent 30 minutes of my time talking so much shit about somebody yeah, else. Yeah, 30 minutes of my time and energy. And I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. Like, And what could you have done with that time yeah. instead? You know, yeah. you can't never get it back. Yeah. You just spend it gossiping about some random person. Who cares? Right? Yeah. So I think it's so important sometimes when we're doing self-development work to go back into our past learn from our mistakes, learn from our experiences, why we are the way we are. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about your parents and your family members just doing the best that they can. Mm -hmm. I think that's how I feel about my family members too overall. You know, my parents are amazing. They're not perfect. Mm -hmm. No people are. And I think when you can acknowledge that and say they've done their best and they weren't trying to hurt me, that's a beautiful thing. But I also think that many of our parents now could use some really good lessons about how to raise their kids mm -hmm. and their daughters so yeah. that they can feel free to speak up and do these things. And my parents, luckily, were always great with that because my mom is such a boss yeah, and such a loud mouth. Oh my gosh. So I actually grew up with that. Yes. And so my sister is also the same and I'm the same. You know, we had some other types of ideas. Like for a little while, I kind of felt like my parents did try to pit my sister and I against each other. Mm. And I think it's a natural thing to do that with siblings. They'll be like, well, Maria's better at math than you are and things like that as a way they thought to motivate you. Yeah. And I had to finally tell them that doesn't work for me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? um, and my sister and I have a great relationship, but I think that that's just how they grew up. So they're like, uh, is that not a motivational strategy? I thought it was. Yeah. Right? But luckily my parents did not make me feel like I couldn't speak up and that I couldn't have a voice. But I think sometimes those traditional values are still there. Yeah. Yes. And parents don't know that maybe by doing that, they're putting limits yeah. on their daughters. So do you have any parenting tips for well-intentioned parents who just want to learn more about how they can support their kids? Yeah, I think I, my mom and I actually had this conversation because I was just back in Nashville with her. And she said, she goes, I just did what my mom did. Like, I didn't know. Yes. Like, I thought like, oh, I'm keeping her safe. And I... I love her. I want the best for her. And, and my dad, my mom was like totally the encourager of me being loud and like, do whatever you want. You're amazing. And my dad's side was the opposite. And then yeah. I finally got to that point where it's like, it's not that my dad didn't think I was good enough or he didn't want me to be successful. He just didn't want me to get hurt. Yeah. But when you're a child and when you're, you know, being told like, cause I said so or whatever it is, mm -hmm. like you don't, you don't realize that. So you develop all these stories. So I think for parents, it's like communication. And this is what Josh and I always talk about when we do have kids, like let's give our kids a voice and don't tell them what their own opinions are. Like it might be tough. We might be like, Oh, yes. I can't imagine, but like, let's have them. Humans want to feel seen and understood. So let's give them a voice. Let's, let's over explain so that they can mm -hmm. start forming their own opinions and not just have a judgment on themselves right away. 
like, oh, I did something wrong. Right. Because it's going to manifest in the future. Give them a glimpse into your thought process. Mm -hmm. The rule can still be the rule because they are the parents yeah, and you exactly. live under their household. But give them the reasoning. Mm -hmm. And obviously, as kids grow older, it's you can give them a little bit more, be a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah. But I love that lesson of give them that lesson early on. Just yeah. let them into your thought process and also let them see how human you are, right? Sorry, mommy got mad over there. Yeah. Mommy yes. had a moment. Mommy had a moment. Yeah. And that's okay too, <laughs> yeah. right? And how can we help our young girls not get into that vicious cycle of hurting each other at such a young age? How can we help our young girls empower each other from the beginning? Yeah, I think it's so important that we just talk about how amazing it is. Like I imagine what I'll do with my daughter. I'm just going to like, lift her up and support yeah. her and give her all like anything that she needs in terms of like, what about this? Or total open to say how they're, how she's feeling. If she is angry, all the things. But I also really want to expose her to like cheering on her friends from an early age. Like let's mm. cheer them on. That means like, that's fun for you. You could do it too. Just really installing those values before she gets out into the world and into school and into all the areas that you can't control. I think it's really starts with you in your own house. So she sees you lifting other women up. She sees you going for your dreams and not being, even if you're scared mm. doing it anyway, like over communication and just teaching them that value, especially women, like you're amazing. And so are other women from a young age. I think it's so important because kids, learn so much by mm -hmm. observation. Yeah. Do you remember the Bobo doll study? You must remember from your studies where this, it's basically like a Bobo doll and like they watch the little kids watch adults push it. And if the adults are shoving it, then the kids get in there yeah. and they start shoving it too. They're like your little mirrors. Yes. Yeah. And so sometimes we don't realize that our kids are always watching mm -hmm. us even when they're so little. And yeah. that is actually the best way that they learn. So sometimes you don't even have to say a word, Yeah. but it's just about your actions mm -hmm. and that they watch your actions then they do the same thing. And I agree, sometimes girls who bully, they come from families where there's bullying inside the family or maybe the mom or dad were bullied and yeah. they've had certain values and ideas and judgments about that. And then sadly, then their kids just take that on too. So I think that's really great advice. And sometimes I feel like when people say strong women, empowered women, they think that we're man haters, but we're not. Because no, we're, we're not. both married and we love yeah. them. Yeah. And my husband's so supportive. Uh, and he's yes. like my biggest fan. It's not about man hating at all. Totally. And I think that sometimes people get that twisted a mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. But you do have amazing man in your life. How long have you and Josh been married? We've been married for five years. Oh, yeah. yay. Yeah. Oh, my husband and I have almost been married five years too. Oh my gosh. So I we're think, yeah. so on the same we so are. wavelength right now. Um, but I think it's really interesting because I have come across a lot of men who say, I love empowered strong women. Mm -hmm. And then they get into a relationship with a strong woman. And I don't think that nope. was really what they wanted. <laughs> and then sometimes they do try to make the woman insecure or do things to dim their light. Mm -hmm. Why do you think sometimes men say that that's what they want, but then they struggle when they actually get a woman who is empowered and strong and has her opinions. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just the self-development to know what you really want. Before yeah. I met Josh, I literally wrote down everything that I wanted. Mm. And so just to know, because you're saying, yeah, I want a strong woman. And then she says something and you're pissed about it. Like, yeah. no, you don't want a strong woman because yeah. you have a problem with that. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's We're not okay. All made the same. Yeah. Just own it. Then, yeah. Right? Just decide like, this is what type of relationship that I thrive in. And this is the type of partner. I think people really need to focus on the type of partner that they want to be. Yes. Like I made my list of what I want, but I really started focusing on like, what type of partner do I want to be? And the type of partner do I bring the relationship, bring the relationship? Cause it's not one-sided. 
Yeah. And I love that you kind of had an intentionality yeah. before you met Josh. Mm-hmm. Like this is the kind of person I want. So what were some of the things on your list? Do you still remember? I do not remember. I used when we would be like moving, I would find these lists and be like laughing. Like, oh, I'm like go. upstairs like, Josh, did you see this list I wrote in 2009? He's like laughs. Yes. Um, one thing I know is that I just wanted to always have a partner with communication. Obviously yeah. for me, that comes from my childhood because I didn't have a voice. It'd be like, because I said so, or that mm-hmm. you don't just do, girls just don't do that. Girls don't do just what whatever it was. So com- for me, I learned that communication is so important. So I yeah. wanted a partner that I could communicate with mm-hmm. and didn't feel competitive and loved that I was like, would love to see me on stage. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what Josh is. And that's what, you know, I, I didn't alter from that. Like yeah. I was very intentional and knew what I wanted in the type of relationship. And I was able to bring that into my life. Yeah. So you thought about it. You worked on it. You worked on yourself. Yeah. And when you work on yourself, you bring somebody else in who's more complete too. Yeah. Because otherwise you just bring in an incomplete person as yeah. well. Who's, I mean, we're always works in progress, yeah. but you do need to get to a certain point in your self-development, I think, to be able to bring in a partner that can really have the same values as you yeah. and reflect you in a way that you feel is authentic to you. And speaking of that, I love how authentic you are about your relationship with Josh, because I was just looking at your Instagram feed earlier before you came in. And I was like, I love this picture of you and Josh looking so cute at dinner. And then the first line in the caption was, we got into a fight five minutes later at this oh, dinner. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. We literally yeah. got into a fight. He was so mad at me that Oh night. my God, you're like, but this is this pic- beautiful, perfect picture yeah. of us having a lovely <laughs> dinner. And I think that that's just such a good reminder that even the best relationships are obviously going to have conflict. And yeah. what you see on social media is not always a hundred percent truth all the time. And yet I don't think we should shy away from conflict. I think that there are some people who maybe don't want to have that confrontation Mm -hmm. and sometimes they hold things back and they think that that's the makings of a good relationship. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have friends even tell me and brag to me, Oh, well I don't, we don't ever get into an argument. I'm like, but that's not good. Yeah. I don't think that's a good thing. Mm -mm. Yeah. There's no, there's no way that you don't get into a conflict with another human. Like Josh actually had the things that he has to work on in his life from his childhood are actually the things that trigger me and vice (gasps) versa. It's so interesting because I'm like, I actually think that we're even more so like made for each other. Mm -hmm. And we also want to work through it. Yes. So it's just interesting. Like me, like I'm like, no, like we're talking about it. Like, I don't care. Like we're going to figure this out. And then Josh sometimes will be like, all right, I'm just going to let it go and be easygoing because I don't want the conflict. Uh But it's also had us grow into like very whole individuals as well as have an amazing relationship. Totally. I think the definition of a soulmate is somebody who challenges you. Mm-hmm. I don't think the definition of a soulmate is somebody who just agrees with you yeah. all the time and you're just always in synchronicity because that's ridiculous and yeah. I think that's a lie. That's a lie. And I do believe that my husband is my soulmate. And one of the reasons I believe that is he also challenges me mm-hmm. to the extreme. And, <laughs> and yet we always come back together and we're able to just work through it. But it is funny because I think sometimes people have these ideas about what a perfect relationship looks like. So first of all, there's no perfect relationship. But also I I love the fact that my husband makes me a better woman, Mm -hmm. that he makes me look at pieces of myself that I feel, okay, this is a work in progress, right? Um, This is an area in which I still need to 
do some deeper work. Yeah. And I do the same for him. And I think that that is one of the most wonderful gifts you can give someone else yeah. is to be able to do that with one another. He's, he does that. And you guys do that for each other and same with Josh and I, because we love each other. Yes. Like, oh, it bothers me so much when people are like, we never fight. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, because you guys aren't being honest with each other. Yeah. If you really never yes. fight, which I don't know if that's true, you're just totally not being honest with each other yeah. and challenging and being like, hey, like I'm going to mm -hmm. hold you to the standard that I know that you want to be held to. Yes. And that's what real love is like feedback and, challenge, and challenging, like, yeah, just like all good. And then holding resentment and having no. Right. Yeah. Because that actually, that withdrawal is one of what we call the four horsemen of the apocalypse. If you've been familiarized with Gottman's couples work, it's like, that's the death sentence mm -hmm. when you just stop talking about problems. And there's so much research that shows that conflict is okay. Argument is okay. As long as you don't put the person down, yeah use names, make them insecure. You can yell even, you yeah. can scream as loud as you want, as long as you are not insulting them in such a way that takes away part of their core self. It's a good thing to have conflict. Mm -hmm. So uh, as a research-based person, I'm like, good, I'm so glad that I can remember that yeah. whenever we do get into an argument, yeah. that it's not a bad thing. And, and the self-development piece is so important with a partner. So you've done so much self-development work, but what are some things that you feel like you still want to work on? Hmm. Well, speaking of that, because I think it's the same for friendships with women mm -hmm. to hold each other. And that's so difficult. Like, I know. yeah, to give each other feedback. And I actually think you come out stronger. It, it's very rare that it happens. Mm -hmm. I love having friendships where we can be honest and sit down and be like, this is a story I told myself. I'm not saying that you did this, but and vice versa. I think that makes stronger female relationships too. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm working on because I have been bullied. I, and I want, I want sisterhood. You want harmonious yeah. relationships. For a while I would settle in my friendships mm -hmm. and in the last couple of years, I'm not settling and I'm also just not letting things go. I want to say, Hey, I'm taking responsibility that I'm making, I could be making up this story. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something I'm working on. And then I'm constantly working on myself. I mean, I think I'm a different person today than I was yesterday. Like right. we're always different people and we're yeah. growing and things change. So I love research. I love experimenting, figuring it yeah. out, all those things. But I think in the female based world, even though that's what I'm so passionate about, it's still my work yes. because when I get let down by another woman or someone or a woman, you know, wrongs me in some way, I still take it. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah. And then I balance wanting to not give my power away from it, but also heal with it. Right. Yeah. And I think it's so important to acknowledge that because there are pieces of your past that mm -hmm. I think play a role in how you interpret a disappointment with a girlfriend. Right. Yeah. And then you have to sort of remind yourself, okay, this is a different person. This is a different situation. Let's rewind and mm -hmm. see what we can do differently and what we can learn. And of course, sometimes that does mean cleaning house. Yes. Because sometimes certain people that you felt like were supportive girlfriends who had your best interests at heart maybe weren't. Yeah. And then there's also the grief of saying goodbye, but mm -hmm. also knowing that then you're just making more room for other people in yeah. your life who could be more supportive yeah. in a more authentic way. Yeah. I want to play a little game with you. Okay. I want to play Would You Rather Health and Wellness Edition. Woo! So <laughs> this is really good because I think in general, if we can make quick decisions. It mm. helps us to conserve our energy and power. Cause oh, you know how shoot, you like, cause I'm, around I'm a, like not a one word person. <laughs> uh, you can have more than one word, but okay, I want I'm you to practice. get to that quick decision. Okay. No, I don't know. No, both sounds good. But which would you rather get a massage or 
take a high energy spin class. I already knew the answer to that. Massage. Massage? <laughs> yes. Okay. I, me too. Yeah. I mean, come on. I know we both love sports, but that's I love my soul cycle, but I mean, the massage right now. Do, are you guys giving them in here today? Uh, I, do we have? <laughs> no, nobody's here today. Okay. Darn it. Next time. Next time that you come. <laughs> yes. We, we love massages. My <sighs> husband and I, oh man, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. I mean, but I actually don't like soul cycle. Like it's, it's no, a little, don't. it's a little claustrophobic it's and you don't much. feel that way. Well, I have a bike that is the bike I always go on and I like demand that it's that one because it's far away from everyone right by the fan. So I feel like I'm in my own thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that, that's better. Yeah. Because the last time I went to soul cycle, I could feel the sweat yeah, I don't like of that. people on both sides of me. And I really, and when I they flip their hair and the sweat gets no! you, that has happened. <laughs> I can't. And all the smells too, like hot yoga, the smell. I just don't go to hot yoga. We'll either. go get massages and we will never do Soul Cycle Thank together. You. Thank <laughs> you, Sarah. Thank you for taking that hint. Um, confront a negative person or just cut them out. I feel like I know the answer for this one for you. but oh, So hmm. because I am dedicated to personal growth and I think the more difficult conversations you have, the more successful that you can become. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I want to do it, but I will confront. Well, I still have more work to do here because my first instinct would be just to cut Cut them out out and not deal with it. Because if I'm thinking, you know what, I'm probably not going to want to deal with this person anyway. Well, I think there's something to be said if you know that. Yeah. And you're good. Yeah. Because conflict still does stress me out. I mean, yeah. I think about it a lot before I have to go confront yeah. the person. Oh, yeah. You're stressful. like practicing. Like, yeah. okay, I want to make sure that I like take responsibility for my part and they don't freak out. Yes, I don't freak out. Yes. Yes. So good for you. I'm going to work on that more. Um, buy a bigger size or change your eating and exercise habits. Change my eating and exercise habits. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to give up just yeah. yet. I don't want to just. Yeah, ah, you know, <laughs> just get the stretchy pants. No, you know? no, no. Buy no. maternity pants when you're not pregnant. <laughs> I mean, I just don't think I'm there yet. Um, okay, last one. Be known as the smart or the pretty girl. I'm gonna say both. Mm, I we like did, that. We get to be all of it. Okay, fine. And you I'm can firm, have both yeah, for that that's one. That's just my one both answer. Okay. And I do think that this is another area in which you break the mold too. Is you're athletic and you have definitely a strong personality. Some may even say you grew up like a tomboy, but you look like a feminine woman. Mm. You have your long hair, you dress really well, you take great care of yourself. So why can't you have both? Why can't you be that dichotomy in one person? I mean, honestly, my answer would be smart, but Mm -hmm. I also think that I want to embrace all parts of me and show that you can be pretty, you can be whatever and smart. You can be anything that you want. You could light up a room with your smile and be the most beautiful person in the world. I love that. And I think that we shouldn't buy into the cultural expectations. Right. Like people do look at a pretty girl and they think, oh, well, she's probably super vapid. Yeah. Right. Or they look at a person who talks in a very intelligent way and they think, oh, well, that person must not be that sexualized. Yeah. Or, or they're, maybe they're not maybe that fun. Maybe not that fun. It's not true. Right? right. We can be all of these different. We can be multidimensional. Mm-hmm. We're not just one dimensional creatures. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Well, my podcast is all about giving my listeners, a tip to supercharge their life. I want people to walk away from every episode feeling empowered and knowing that they can make positive change today. And I feel like today's supercharged secret inspired by you is breaking the mold. Yes. Right? Because I feel like it's all about making sure that we just don't take the narratives that we're given. Mm -hmm. Question the thoughts and beliefs that you've been taught from childhood and figure out which ones are working when which ones are not. Because 
they were there in childhood for a reason, as we've been discussing. Sometimes it's for protection. Yeah. But then you grow up and your circumstances have changed. Yes. So which thoughts are still working for you and which ones are not? And I talk about this concept called workability. Is the thought still working for you? I love that. Is it that. moving you towards your values? Is it moving you towards your goals? If not, ditch it. Yeah. But if it, it is, still live in it. Because mm -hmm. sometimes a feeling of ugh and that visceral feeling doesn't mean that you should ditch that thought if it's still fueling you to be better. Yeah. So what are some of your other thoughts about how to break the mold for all the people who are listening out there, whether you're a woman or a man, and you're like, you know what? I kind of feel sometimes like I'm confined and mm -hmm. I want to do something different with my life. How can they do that at any stage, at any age? So I think that the thing that will, everyone has something right now that they want to break the mold on a hundred percent, like mm -hmm. whatever it is, maybe you're listening right now, like write something down, something that's been on your heart, something that you're like, Hey, I've been living this way, but I really want to like go all out and do something different, but fear stops you. Yes. So I really like really, really challenge to think about, I love the question thing, but think about like, Hey, I want to walk through this fear. It's not about breaking through it. I want to walk mm -hmm. through it. Cause that on the other side is where you break the mold. So mm -hmm. really, really just like, what can you do with your relationship with yourself? Ask more questions and really, really dedicate yourself to being like, I'm going to at least break one mold every day. Oh, I love that. What is, be the so mold? Small. Yeah. what is the mold that I can break today? Yeah. Even if it's just a tiny one. Yeah. It can be so tiny. So it tiny. Can, it can be like, I'm taking a different route to work. Mm. I'm taking, yeah. I'm taking a new class that I don't know anybody in. I'm just going to go to a new class that I've never been to just to break that small yeah. mold. Right. And sometimes we just don't realize that that challenge, that, that the other side of that fear, as you said, is all of the things that maybe you were hoping for. Mm -hmm. And fear is such a useful and powerful emotion. We shouldn't fear, fear, right. We should use it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's an informative emotion mm -hmm. that can move us forward. Yes. So I love that. Yay. Well, where can people find you, Sarah? So I'm always on Instagram speaking of social media, but yes. I love connecting with women on Instagram at Sarah Pendrick. And then our website for girl talk is girltalknetwork.org. Oh my gosh. It is an honor to have you here. I'm so glad and grateful for our friendship. I'm so grateful for our friendship. Thank you for having me and for everything that you do in the world and for me and for women. Oh, and thank you. I feel the same way about you and I am inspired by you. I love talking to you and I feel like I learned something from you every time we meet up. So oh my God, I feel the same way Yay! about you. <laughs> and then now we're going to go on a double date, which is going to be yes. fun. We bring in the men of our lives and, and we're going to kick their butts. We we're kind of so competitive are. still in the it's sports. It's fun to be competitive. Yeah. Healthy so we competitive. Will we will do that. Girls versus boys. Yes. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you listeners for tuning in. Please download, subscribe, tell your friends. And I hope that you go forward and supercharge your life today. And I really would love to hear from you. Please let us know what other topics you'd like to hear about, how you would like to supercharge your life and have a wonderful day. Hey, it's Dr. Judy. Since 1971, Pepperdine Graduate School of Education and Psychology has had one mission, to strengthen professionals for lives of purpose, service, and leadership. And it just happens to be where I work. Online psychology at Pepperdine is the latest evolution of our mission, with online master's programs designed for people who want to align their work to their life's true calling. 
Pepperdine offers three online programs that feature course topics like trauma in diverse populations, multicultural counseling, social psychology, and so much more. The online master's programs are led by renowned faculty in the field who are passionate about their life's work and their students. Students will learn from faculty like myself who see sharing knowledge and mentoring students as more than work, but a noble pursuit and responsibility. Through an intuitive digital campus, students are connected to everything and everyone that they need access to, wherever they are, on any device. At Pepperdine, purpose is not just something that we preach, it's something we embody. We are a community of more than 130,000 professionals making waves and enriching lives. So what are you waiting for? Pursue your purpose at Online Psychology at Pepperdine. Visit PepperdinePurpose.com slash Supercharged Life to learn more. That's P-E-P-P-E-R-D-I-N-E Purpose.com slash Supercharged Life to learn more. See you there.